98.9 WCLZ and WCLZ HD North Yarmouth, Portland.
It's 98.9 WCLC Afternoon. I'm Brian Farrell, and I am not alone in studio today. Uh, please, everyone, welcome our guest DJ today. Thank you for coming in. Hey, how you doing? And who is with us today? Uh, hey, I'm Rob Durhack from the band Mo, uh, the bass player. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this with us. We're really happy to have you in studio and to see you here, and you look healthy. I, I feel great. I feel great. I'm a healthy, healthy young man. We're going to talk uh, more in just a second. What did we just hear? That was uh, King of the World by Steely Dan. I got to tell you, when I listened to that song yesterday, I, I never maybe paid attention to Mo and the connection of Steely Dan, but I listened to that song and I was like, this is something that Mo could do right now. Do you guys have that huge influence? Oh, that's that's like one of my biggest influences. That's, you know, I go back to that stuff all the time. It's That's like Steely Dan is pretty much it for me. And what about for Chuck and Al? Um pretty big fans. Al's more of a Grateful Dead guy. Um uh Almond Brothers. Uh Chuck has a huge Steely Dan uh repertoire too in his in his brain. You can tell by his guitar playing that he definitely goes back to some of that stuff. And do you, will you go back to Steely Dan all the time just when you're at home? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. On my vinyl. And this we were just talking about before we got on air. A quick second here, Rob. You listen to vinyl all the time at home? When I listen, yeah. If I'm not running after the kids or <laughs> building something weird, yeah. So how big is the record collection? I I couldn't tell you. It's it's not huge. It's not huge uh, because I I threw out most of my stuff and then rediscovered <laughs> it once again. When we're talking about you know you got rid of it thinking I'd never listen to them again and then started to reintroduce myself to it and i'm like oh crap where's all my vinyl stuff like um, i don't have this anymore oh no I have, and now i'm out searching for it and do your kids listen to the vinyl too they do i make at christmas time i make everybody listen to vinyl that's all we listen to is christmas music on vinyl i have a stack of christmas albums some of them are from like you know my parents they were the you know when i was a kid do you have chuck lavelle's christmas album i don't we had Chris, the guy that runs Bone Moose, the man behind Record Store Day. We were talking about Christmas music one day, and he's like, "You have to have everybody has to have it in their collection." I was like, hey, "I had no idea Chuck Lavelle even did oh, yeah. a Christmas album." So go search that one out. I'm well, yeah. Remind me in uh, twelve months. <laughs> <laughs> it's an unforgettable album. You won't right. forget it in twelve months. Okay. So enough talking. What else you got for us? What's next? Uh, next tune is "Time Loves a Hero" by Little Feet. Also one of my go-to early loves i want to talk to you about little feet after see i went on a huge rant earlier this week about little feet and how i can't believe they're not in the rock and roll hall of fame oh i thought you were gonna say like a, a negative rant oh god no. <laughs> who the hell has said anything <laughs> to say about little feet right here you go on clz
what's up? How you doing? Those <laughs> little feet. Time loves a hero. Uh, two songs with '70s fade outs. You like you that? I love it. I love it. Man. Maybe that could be our new thing. We're with yeah. uh, Rob uh, from Mo, and uh, I'm Brian Farrell. It's 98.9 WDCLZ. I was like speechless there for a second, thinking about how good that's. A, that's a great combo right there yeah. to have Steely Dan and Little Feet. So, I, like I said, I went on this like total rant earlier this week that I can't believe Little Feet isn't in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I, uh, I have you been there? Never. I've been there. I mean, I've seen. I, I I didn't really even realize that, but I. Well, they're not inducted. That's what I should say. Right, but like Lowell George's, like his suit or jacket or something. I saw it's probably his painter's overalls. Yeah, that's what it was. They're 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 a display there, you know. But they're not inducted, huh? No. Isn't that weird? I didn't even uh, put that together. Think about Dixie Chicken. Think about that album in and of itself, right there. That to me could be enough to get you in. I know it. I know and it. then it waiting for Columbus. Yeah. Why? Do you have that in your vinyl collection? I do. Yeah. Now tell me, tell me about that album for you. That album, you know, it's it's uh, it was the first. I mean, there's there's like little secrets to that album that not everybody knows about too. But uh, I mean, it's it's you know people think it's the best live album that's ever been recorded and it, it's not necessarily a live album <laughs> it's talk about trickery yeah uh, a lot of studio trickery there but um it's it's by far you know it's got like all of the best hits on on that and it's it's such a great album um i have a bootleg well, I guess it's not really a bootleg anymore, but in the day they were bootlegs. And I have a bootleg of them. I think it's somewhere on Long Island. And they played that album like in its entirety with the horns and everything with, uh, before they went to England to like practice the album. And it sounds – it's sick. It sounds amazing. You know? So you know, they, their chops are there. It's, it's, all, it's all killer. Um, and that could have – if that was multi-track, that could have easily been the album as well. We're with uh, Rob from Mo. Uh, they've got a couple of shows at the State Theater coming up next month, the, the return of Mo to Portland. We're so excited that you guys are, are back. And um, I want to ask you about the, the indefinite hiatus that you guys had to go on at the end of July. Can you take us back to like to New York PlayStation Theater when uh, you guys were getting ready to, to finish up, sort of? I mean, you had another festival date after that. But what was going through your mind with those final couple of shows? Oh man. Um well, you know, it 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 was it was there was a lot it was very emotional sort of uh shows. Um and I I I didn't have a full handle on what I had to go through at that point. Um there were there were um the turnout of fans and just well well-wishing people was just beyond like anything I had ever dreamed of or you know imagine could i don't know it's it i was talking to a friend the other day and he said you know he's like the the amount of uh support that you got is just it's insane i i and i was like yeah i i knew like we had fans that liked the band um but i never expected anything to the degree of like how it how we affected people's lives um and how you know affected they were and the shows in New York were just like nobody was upset, you know, in the sense that like we were quitting or stopping or doing anything. Everyone was just like, 
you know, you've got this. You're going to you're going to be OK. And, you know, we were wishing, you know, it was just this giant room filled with people throwing their love at, you know, the band and myself. And it was it was overwhelming and amazing. We're with Rob from Mo, and uh, of course, we we followed your story all the way through, and it's uh, amazing to us that you're up here, that you live right around the corner from us, so that we get you know that we get to talk about you, and and people know obviously about the band and, and the connection around here. So it was a real trip for us to see as many people and listen to as many people, uh, you know, get in touch with us about their well wishes for you, which was you know, like you say, it's kind of amazing how many people will reach out in a yeah. time like that. Yeah, and thank you too. By the way, I. I've I heard I've I've heard you guys like mention my name and wish me well on the radio, uh, you know, on air, and I'm just like, are you kidding me? That's crazy, you know. Like, okay, thanks, cool. What do you mean that's crazy? You make it sound like you just do open mic nights every now and again. I, I don't know. I Think don't. How many feel... millions of people have listened to you guys over the course of your career? I never put that together. I, you know, I I just sort of like I, I don't know. I I feel like I just do my thing, and then you know, at five o'clock the. The lights are off, and um, <laughs> I, I don't feel like I don't know. It's weird. I, I'm just I'm just like a husband and a dad, and you know, regular dude. So we're going to be talking a lot more with Rob in a few minutes, and we've got a lot more songs too coming up uh, later this hour. Rob from Mo is here. We're getting ready for the two shows at the State Theater coming up next month. Put comfort in motion during the anniversary sale at FX Marcotte in Lewiston and South Portland. Bring home style and design with a new recliner, chair, motion sofa, or reclining sectional in the quality fabrics and leathers you want at an anniversary sale price. If you see it and like it, you could have it in just days. Sleep better in the new year and save on every mattress from Serta Perfect Sleeper to iComfort at an anniversary sale price. FX Marcotte, a cut above at prices you'll love. The return of The Devil Makes Three, live in concert at the State Theater on Saturday, January 20th. The Devil Makes Three, Saturday, January 20th at the State Theater. Buy tickets now at 1-800-745-3000, in person Wednesday through Friday at the Port City Music Hall box office, and online at statetheaterportland.com. The Wood Brothers, live at the State Theater, Friday, February 2nd. Dubbed Masters of Soulful Folk by Paste Magazine, the Wood Brothers make their return to Portland. Friday, February 2nd at the State Theater. Tickets are on sale now at 1-800-745-3000, in person at the Port City Music Hall box office, Wednesdays through Fridays, and online at statetheaterportland.com. Tucker Chincat, is it true that at Tucker Ford in Brunswick, nobody says no? At Tucker Ford, we're not holding anything back. I've told everyone that nobody says no to a deal. We'll find a way to make it work. A bigger, better selection of new Fords, exclusive Tucker Ford discounts you won't find anywhere else, and everyone's getting more for their trade. How could you say no to that? And that's not all. We can show you how to drive more car for less money on the exclusive Tucker Ford lease. Lower payments, no money down, and the best bang for your buck. It's Tucker Ford, Tucker Ford, Tucker Ford, where people drive new Fords for less. It's the fastest growing Ford dealer in New England and one of the best Ford selections in Maine. No matter where you've been or what you've been offered, Tucker Ford beats them all. Remember, it's not how much you spend, it's how much you save. And nobody saves you more than Tucker Ford, Route 1 in Brunswick and TuckerFord.com. 
The anniversary sale at FX Marcotte has been 130 years in the making. All the latest styles and designs in the fabrics and leathers you want are at an anniversary sale price. Sofas, recliners, sectionals, motion sofas. Find the comfort and quality you seek in our Flex Deal Gallery with styles from classic to contemporary and small space favorites to family room sectionals. If you see and like your new Flex Deal, you could have it in days at an anniversary sale price. FX Marcotte is a cut above at prices you'll love. 98.9 WCLZ weather update. I'm CBS 13 meteorologist Amanda Jellig. This afternoon, we're going to see a mix of sun and clouds. Highs will be in the low to mid-30s. Mostly cloudy overnight tonight. Temperatures dropping off to the lower end of the 20s. We'll see brighter skies by Saturday afternoon. Highs will be in the mid-40s. Clouds move in on Sunday. Highs in the lower 40s. Mostly cloudy Monday and snow in the evening. Exceptional music with a continuous delivery system. 98.9 WCLZ. Different is good. Everybody, this is Rob from Mo. You just uh, heard uh, Cajun Moon from J.J. Kale, um, another another fade out '70s classic. Uh, we picked this. I picked this song because, um, well, I went through all the J.J. Kale that I love, and I love his songwriting, just his simple, beautiful songwriting. And we end up covering this tune quite a bit. And I didn't want to pick it because because we did that. And then I was listening to everything. Oh my God! You know what? This is my favorite one, so I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, so coming up next, we're going to hear, uh, one of the reasons I started playing bass in the first place, um, 
we're going to hear Bonin in the Boneyard from Fishbone. So it's going to be a big switch. I, I do want to ask you about this song actually real quick. I was going to let you take this whole thing yourself there. But with this song, this, this is like late 80s, right? Or 91, somewhere in that early range? Early 90s, early 90s, yeah. So at that point, what are you, what are you doing musically? Uh, I'm fumbling around in my dorm room, probably. Uh, we're, we're playing, I, I, I think I started playing with Chuck in 90. I, I don't know, I, I might not have my dates completely right, but um, we met in a dorm room in Buffalo, and uh, I was learning how to play bass, and then we started a band, um, and we're just influenced by stuff like you know, Fishbone and a band called Twenty Four Seven Spies, and you know, weird stuff like Joe Jackson. You know, and that just doesn't mesh with everything. But so at that point in nineteen ninety, right around that, you, you had not, you weren't like somebody that was playing in high school bands all the way up through. No, or? no, no, I was, I was kind of a burnout jock, I guess, uh, <laughs> somewhere in, in that. But I didn't. I loved music, uh, and um, uh, I never played. I guess I played piano when I was really young and then I just sort of gave it up and forgot about everything that I learned um and uh I was into you know hanging out with my friends I played lacrosse and was into that that makes a lot of sense yeah you're still playing I well sort of yeah I mean you can call it that (laughs) barely getting by so when you went to school Buffalo what did you think you were going to do with your life I thought that I might be a lawyer actually (laughs) That was the initial thing. That's what my dad wanted me to be. And I, when did that change? Um, when I went to Buffalo. <laughs> like as soon as you got there? Pretty much. I started I started doing uh, lawyering stuff, you know. I was into philosophy and arguing with people quite a bit, and that was, that was, that was a big big thing for me when I was 18, 19 years old. I loved to argue uh, with everything and rebel against everything. And uh, then I discovered um, – I discovered film and video and got really into that, and I made my major um, media studies, it was called. It was just like making art videos, basically. It was just a an outlet that sort of led me into an artistic life, I guess. Well, okay, we'll get back to the music now. Just as I said, I wasn't going to ask you anything That's okay. in there. But, so what are we hearing right now? Uh, Bonin' in the Boneyard from Fishbone. What do you want?
98.9WCLZ and 98.9WCLZ.com. Jethro Tull, Locomotive Breath. Uh, 
Rob Durhack from Mo. You're listening to 98.9 WCLZ. You're a pro. I know. I know. I'm born for this. <laughs> I was born for radio. I have a face for radio. That was the first song, the first song ever that I, I just got them again. This song, almost every time, I'm getting chills going down. I don't know why. It's like one of those things, but my whole body just chills from locomotive breath for whatever reason. But I was I was in high school. I remember cruising around in my, I don't even know what kind of car I had. I had a 72 Duster, I think. Piece of crap. But uh had a good stereo in it. And that was like the first, like, first time I ever was like, whoa, music can do this. Really? Yeah, weird. It's weird. And I'm still like just talking about it. I'm getting chills right now. Because of that moment that you can you can do that or because of what the song still can be to you? I have no idea. I guess it's it's just the memory of it now. You know, it's like the feeling of um you know, my high school days, you know, and s- stuff like that, I guess. But it's it's still at the time I was just like that was the first time I ever heard music where I was like moved, you know, not just like really chilling and cool but like moved by the music and since that time how many can you think of other moments where you've had a similar experience to that um yeah i guess so um there's some there's some newer bands that have done it for me like i don't know um i have i didn't have them up on my list for stuff i wanted to play uh because it was just so hard to pick stuff you know i i had a list of like you know 30 tunes and I don't know. I didn't. I didn't really count them, but you know, it's just like, how do I get Zappa on here? And I'm like, oh, I don't get. Um, you know, never mind. Uh, I just I'll blow off the Zappa thing. Everyone knows I like Zappa. So, <laughs> uh, but you know, like Manchester Orchestra, they there's some stuff that they do that you know, just a simple math is really cool. It's just like, holy crap, that's so good. One of Randy's sons is very hip in the music world, and he said to her one day, "Hey, have you heard about Manchester Orchestra?" She's like, "Of course I have." She was like, it made me feel like a really cool mom. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, if, you're, if you know Manchester Orchestra. Well, yeah. you're not far from here. If you want to keep coming back in, you know, you want to get Zappa on. Oh, yeah? Well, come have, on. We'll have a Zappa, a Zappa off. <laughs> we can go back and forth with our favorite Zappa stuff. I don't go too deep. Oh. I'm off on another planet. I had a, uh, I had a guy that I, I worked for this crazy, crazy dude when I lived in Buffalo doing uh, landscaping. Um, I can't even remember his name, but he was really into Zappa, and he was he would go deep and every day, and I'd, I'd just be like, okay, this is enough, you know, like I, I, like this, this is just you know, there's stuff that he did that's not great, so not everything he touched turned to gold. Uh, Lady Gaga bought his house and is like refurnishing it and getting the studio back up and running. Um, I think that's a great idea. I think so too. She yeah. seems like she'd be the right person for something like that. She's got the cash. She's got the cash. That's, that's all that matters. That's, that's all I'm thinking She's a about. musician. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've got uh, another one here. Uh, what, what can you tell us about this song? Uh, oh, um, Don't Give Up, Peter Gabriel. Um, another song that does the same sort of thing to me. Like it, uh, Kate Bush's voice. That's the first time I really knew who Kate Bush was when I heard this song. And it's like every time I, I think I, I I think uh I think I might have even cried a little bit. <laughs> she just she just does something, you know, to me. Her voice was just so amazing and the just the subject matter of the song is 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 beautiful. It's like, you know, having um support from somebody, you know and you know, you just think about like 
at the time, you know, when I first heard it, I was young. Um, I was like, oh, I, I want to have a girlfriend like that. <laughs> and now I have, now I have a wife who's gives me like as much support as I can possibly have. So, uh, this is why, I, that's why I have this song up here. So here's Peter Gabriel. Let's don't give up.
Hey, how you doing? This is Rob Durhack from Mo. We just heard Don't Give Up from Peter Gabriel. Um... You had mentioned with that song beforehand, like we were talking about a little bit earlier, uh, about songs that can really give you a chill, and we actually ended up doing both of them back-to-back with Jethro Tull and, and that Peter Gabriel song. So when you started up your treatments, were you listening to music through that whole thing? I was writing a lot, actually. Um, I, I wasn't listening... I mean, I was doing, I guess I was listening to uh, stuff on the way down. I was doing treatments in Boston. So every Monday through Friday, I was going down for radiation. Uh, and then towards the end, I just ended up staying down in Boston because I, I, was, I was too sick to drive or take the train that much. But I, I'd i listen to stuff on the radio. Um, my wife was driving me down, my wife Becca, um, and sometimes my brother John, if she was working. Um because I got to a point where I, I was pretty highly medicated, so <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't a good driver. Definitely should not have been driving, so I wasn't. Um, but I, I did a lot of writing. Honestly, I've I've got like a, I think I wrote like fifteen songs. You know, N- I'm not saying they're all good songs. You know, there's some of them are just nonsense that like uh, opioid addled mind <laughs> was just jotting down um but some of them came out pretty pretty good yeah 
And so, uh, Mo, you guys are doing your return at the Capitol Theater, and then you've got your shows at the State Theater uh, coming up next month. And you guys have – I saw some videos over the holidays that you guys were, were, were back and, and, and in the studio together, in the rehearsal space together. Yeah, yeah. We were, we were rehearsing some new material, and I think we did a little Christmas jingle. <laughs> it was pretty fun. And we're going back, too. We're going to head back and do some more rehearsing, some more new stuff play some of our older stuff because we tried to play some of our older stuff and we were like, okay, we could probably do a little practicing. <laughs> it's been a while. I wanted to ask, that gap that you guys had for this quote-unquote indefinite hiatus, was how long has it been since you've had a gap like that? Um, uh, we did, we did a, a slightly longer break. Um, Maybe ten years ago, I think, or eight years. I, I'm not really exact. I'm not sure offhand. Um, it was a, it was a while back, but um, never. It's been a while since we've taken this much time off. But you know, we kind of stagger stuff. So uh, we'll have a month on and a month off, and you know, do you know a couple weeks uh, on the road. Uh, but you know, with this, it was like we didn't really know how long it was going to be. It it had to be indefinite because um uh because um I just didn't know if the treatment was going to take. I didn't know how long the treatment would take when we did it and we had some stuff booked that we had to end up canceling because I wasn't quite ready and uh I was pretty pretty roughed up. And going through that process I guess I don't want to ask what was your biggest challenge, but I mean, I guess what surprised you during that? Uh, um, well, I didn't realize like how painful it was actually going to be, uh, and it was. I, I was I, I was dealing with um, I was dealing with it fine, and the the doctors were like, "Man, you must have a really high tolerance for pain," and I didn't understand what they're talking about. But then it did hit me, and it was like all of a sudden I just. There were things that just hit me, like, right off the bat. And then, like, two two weeks into it, uh, I lost my taste buds. Like, I lost the ability to taste things. And I was like, this is this sucks. <laughs> and um, the radiation just, just crushes your taste buds. And, you know, I have about 50% of that back. So, like, for somebody who loved food and loves to eat, that, like, that's gone. So I ended up losing, like, 40 pounds or something, you know. I, I don't, yeah, I'm, I'm about 40 pounds lighter uh, just because I'm not really motivated to eat food. It's just sustenance for me. And I lost like all of – I don't have any sal saliva glands in my mouth anymore, so like constantly dried out. And I'm like, well, when I start singing in a show, this ought to be interesting. I'm not really <laughs> sure what's going to happen. Well, it's good for you guys. I mean, you can sing for a couple of minutes, and then you guys can – you could take a water break for 10 minutes. Right. You know, and then let those guys – you know, and then start the song, keep going with the song later on through. So it's not like I guess you're going through a greatest hits rock and roll concert. You got to be singing through the entire show. Yeah, I mean, you're obviously singing. No, along. yeah, I'm not. I'm not like the uh, the uh, the lead singer. I don't have LSD. <laughs> That's uh, the lead singer disease. <laughs> no, you've got some. You've got some help. Some help on, yeah. on both sides. And so when you guys did get back together for the rehearsal, what surprised you there about your adjustments? Uh some things were um well i was i still was pretty wiped out you know it was it was interesting like uh i thought i'd be fine like we would 
we used to go at rehearsals. We'd do like two sessions, so we would do you know from like noon to six, and then do like from eight to twelve or something with a break. And that was how we used to approach rehearsals. And and I was just like you know I'm I'm, I'm wiped out, guys. I can't I can't do double sessions. You know I'm I'm I have about six hours in me, and that's it. And even doing that, I was it was just we did like four or five days, and uh, I was just toast by the time I was done. So. My endurance is a little bit down. Um, that was that was surprising, but I my voice, I, I, you know, my my doctor said I might lose a couple, you know, I might lose like a little bit of my range, but uh, I didn't really see it, and I haven't really tried to push it too hard. So we'll we'll see when we really get into it. But uh, my voice seems okay, so that surprised me. We're with Rob and Moe and a couple of shows at the State Theater coming up next month. And we've got a couple more songs before we let Rob go. But we'll take a commercial break and be back with more on CLZ. On the next Putumayo World Music Hour, we'll soak in the soulful sounds of rhythm and blues from New Orleans to Africa and South America. Who knows what tomorrow will bring? Maybe sunshine, maybe rain. I'm Rosalie Howarth. Join us for Rhythm and Blues, the next Putumayo World Music Hour. Sunday night at 8 on 98.9 WCLZ. The iconic duo returns. Matt and Kim, April 24th at the State Theater. Don't miss your chance to see Matt and Kim in their thunder-punching melodic mix of indie and dance music April 24th at the State Theater. Get tickets now at 1-800-745-3000, in person at the Port City Music Hall box office, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Wednesdays through Fridays, and online at statetheaterportland.com. The Decemberist, live in concert, June 10th at the State Theater. Don't carry it all, don't carry it all. With very special guest, M. Ward. Why would I now? The Decemberist. With special guest M. Ward, live at the State Theater on June 10th. Get tickets now at 1 800 745 3000, in person at the Port City Music Hall box office, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Wednesdays through Fridays, and online at statetheaterportland.com. Are you looking for an exciting new job opportunity? Are you interested in learning more about the building products industry? We at Hutting Building Products can help you love building like we do. Come work with a company that has spent more than 130 years building America. Huttig is now hiring in your area for assemblers, pre-finishers, night loaders, and supervisors and have both full-time and part-time positions available. We offer competitive salary with annual reviews, affordable, high-quality health care, and career advancement, just to name a few. Don't hesitate. Come join the winning team at Huttig Building Products and be part of building the American dream. To view our job postings, go to www.huttig.com. Huttig maintains a drug-free workplace and is an equal opportunity employer. Veterans and women strongly encouraged to apply. What are you waiting for? Come join the Huttig Building Products team. www.huttig.com. Huttig.com. 98.9 WCLZ and WCLZ HD, North Yarmouth, Portland. Different is good.
this little twain to his mighty throat. Many a fat of the red met his demise while staring point blank on the cavernous barrel. This awesome prowling machine, truly a wonder of nature, this ever predator. Tommy the cat had many a story to tell, but it was a rare occasion such as this that he did. Lay down with me. Say, Pepper, do you want to lay down by my side? Baby, do you want to lay down with me? That was uh, Tommy the Cat by Primus. Uh, I'm Rob Deerhack. Uh, I'm, I'm the bass player for Mo. Uh, I, I don't know what to say. I, I Primus. I, I just have to talk about Primus for a minute. I, I um, back when I was learning how to play bass and learning learning to be in a band uh, and just learning, you know, my life skills as a musician. Um, 
I was really drawn to all these like heavy, um, heavy bass, heavy bass influence bands, and um, I started to run out of them. So I went to this record store, and I'm like, "Look, you know, I'm I like this. I like Fishbone. I like Twenty Four Seven Spies. I, I like the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I like all these bass players, and I I need something else. Well, give me something else." And the guy's like, "Well, have you ever heard of Primus?" I was like, "No, what's that?" And he's like, "Well, check this out." So I, I bought the CD. I think it was a used CD. I think it was Frizzle Fry. It was called, and I brought it home, uh, put it in, and I was it was just so off putting. I was like, "What is this? Is nonsense?" <laughs> Like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And, and and then I'm like, all right, I'll play it again. And I was like, yeah, no, no. And then I just kept playing it again anyway. And then all of a sudden I found myself like, it was like when I switched from regular Coca-Cola to Diet Coke. I was like, Diet Coke is disgusting. I mean, it's both disgusting now, but, I, you know, but my point is I got so used to to drinking Diet Coke by forcing myself that I couldn't drink regular Coke anymore. I'm like, this is disgustingly sweet. This has, like, character. And then I became obsessed with Primus. And and um, I got – I'm lucky enough to – you know, and then, and, and then you know, I, I definitely, you know, would sit down and, like, try to work on the bass lines, figure out what Les Claypool, the bassist, is doing and just it, – it just became, like, one of my biggest influences ever in, in – bass playing and and just you know in songwriting stuff and just gr- great great music and i got to see them at a at a small bar in buffalo in like 19 whatever you know 1990 early 90s and it was um they opened for 24 7 spies they were the opening act and like they showed up outside in this old like this camper that was like falling apart and they just kind of like fell out of the, and walked through the crowd to get in and like introduce myself and he's like hey man how you doing here and like goes in and i just see him play and i was like wow what a show like I, the energy that he throws out it was just it was mind-blowing it's 98.9 over the clz we're with rob from mo and there are certainly similar playing styles now and you when you listen to mo and you listen to the way you play the bass and what both you and Les can do, you can see there's a direct correlation <laughs> from those times. And same thing with Fishbowl when you listen to that. I mean, Mo really is a is a is a bass driven band. It's a, I, I remember listening for the first time with uh, Tin Can and, and Car Tires and thinking this is a, this is a very different band than I've ever heard before. Uh, and I know that you've turned me, you know, just Mo in and of itself, that band, and Wormwood was another one that I was like, what in the world is this? <laughs> Where is any of this coming from? <laughs> that uh, it's, it's, it's great to know and, and meet other, meet musicians that have had similar feelings that we do just as fans about stuff that's happened to them. And it makes sense that it would, but you just don't always hear those stories so much. So I'm glad that you, you share that with us and to know yeah. that you were, you were a fangirl just oh. like the rest of us. Oh, totally, totally. The last thing I wanted to ask you about, it was a kind of surreal experience at the end of the summer when Mo was at Lockin, and they did a, a show with Phil Lesh of the Grateful Dead, and it was the first time I'd ever seen all the band members up there and not seen you, you know, in this midst. Were you able to watch that from home? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, I had it all set up on the big screen in the basement, you know, full, you know, stereo going on, and uh, we had the whole family just sitting down there watching, and 
what a great experience that was for me. Honestly, it was so cool. I, I it, the initial plan anyway was Phil was going to do that, and I was going to be there. And you know, like, how do you feel about this happening? Like, there, you know, Al was sort of gingerly going around trying to say, you know, Phil would be playing bass, and probably you would not be playing bass. And, <laughs> Like, he, he was worried that I was going to be upset, and I was just, like, immediately, I'm like, absolutely. I'm like, this is great. You know, like, I, I've always wanted to step outside of the band and watch us play, you know. So everything but me, I, I can basically go out in the audience and watch Mo, you know, for the most part. So I was I was already, you know, I was already off the list as bass player. Um, <laughs> I was just supposed to be there watching it happen. We, you know, we were going to do a separate set of Mo and do that. Uh, but I got to sit in the warmth and uh, comfort of my own my own living room and watch it happen. So it was it was really cool. And did you think when you were watching them? I think Silver Sun was one of the highlights. Did you think to yourself, oh, "That yeah. was so weird. That was so weird just seeing Phil play Silver Sun and doing stuff that I I wouldn't do." But I was just like, "Oh yeah, I can see that. That's cool. That's cool." And it probably was more along the lines of what Al might have wanted me to do. I wasn't really sure, you know, what he wanted me to do. But the thing that killed me, the thing that I loved was that Ophelia with uh, with the Revivalists. That was so good. Maybe that's the route you guys got to go from now on. Yeah. Were you worried about Phil taking your job? Did you think, I'm going to come back from this, and they're going to say, we want the 78-year-old guy on the road instead? Yeah, I, I don't think he would uh, put up with the conditions <laughs> that we, we live under. <laughs> And uh, Mo is getting back out there. Uh, a couple of shows at the Capitol Theater we talked about earlier, and then their return right here to Portland at the State Theater next month. We're really excited about those shows. And Me too. We're really happy wait. that you're back. And like we said when you came in, you look great and you sound fantastic. So we're really happy that you're you're back. I'm just scared about my guest list at this show. It's gonna be <laughs> a, <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble, I think. Yeah, there's 10 tickets left. Rob yeah. has 1,800 that he's already filled <laughs> out. Much. Rob, thank you so much for doing this. Leave us uh, with one more song. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, i i had to I had to grab this song. It's 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 by a band called Mo. Um, <laughs> it's a song I wrote called Blonde Hair and Blue Eyes, and we shot the video here in uh, here in Falmouth. Uh, and it's a song that I wrote about my daughter, my lovely, beautiful thirteen-year-old blonde hair, blue-eyed daughter, who's always nice to me. And always nice to everybody. So uh, she's a she's a she's a fire plug. She's great. So listen up.
I know. 